Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Raptors in the Kitchen. It is exactly 30 days until Christmas. This is November 25th, 2018. Uh, I am joined by, apparently, the Grinch, Neil McCulloch. Good evening. How's it going? It's alright. I'm also joined by the ghost of Christmas past, is Tommy Vass. I'll take that. I'll take, take that, that, yeah. No, alright, I was, yeah. The ghost of Christmas past is the worst ghost out of the three. He's just cutting about in his house where he died, looking dead cold and only having chains. At least the ghost of Christmas and Christmas future is a mad death looking guy that can travel you know space and time. Let's cut the Christmas chat on the fucking head right now because it is still just November. And therefore, Christmas is illegal. Well, to be fair, you're the sad, one that brought it up. Sad, yeah. Sadly, one of my one of the films I will be talking about later is Christmas related. So, is it the Kurt Russell one? Is it Die Hard? No, it's a Grinch. All right, I thought we'd covered that. No, no not covered we that have yet. not covered a Grinch. Mm. Right, fair news. So, uh, be warned. Apparently, Christmas stuff in November later. Send all your hate mail to at Scorch eight two eight on Twitter. Yes, uh, bring it to me. <laughs> you want this? <laughs> hey, how's your week been, Neil? Yeah, it's been alright. It's been quite busy. Uh, I was uh, our kind of Christmas stuff in work has kind of kicked off, so we're getting prepared for that. Uh, a couple of busy nights in work, then. Well, I saw well, I saw you on Wednesday, Tommy. Mm. We hung out for a bit, saw my mates. We actually bumped at each other by complete coincidence. Oh, yeah, that, that totally happened, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah. Could you, could you, could you move your mic just closer to your mouth a bit? Like that? You, you, you like it closer, closer. like that? I want to I feel like you're in me. It, it can't really. Good Lord. It can't really. Just put it right in your mouth. Pretend you're Liam Gallagher. <laughs> God. You sound like the, the alien when it comes out of John Hurt. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Yeah, um, but what happened no, no, was... We'll uh, tell that story when we talk about the film. Okay. I'm yeah. just having a quick run down. Spoiler alert, we were watching a film. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw you again on Thursday for yet another film. Yeah, it, John Carpenter? It was... Yes. Uh, that was on purpose. Then also it's all Stevie for some Thanksgiving American footballs. Then I was at a terrible, terrible gig on Friday night. What was, it, what was the gig? Uh, I went was... to see I went to see oh. Lauren Hill, who was touring the twentieth anniversary of the album The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. And by God, she should have stayed gone. She was awful. Okay. Absolutely awful. Well, but the support band were they any good? Uh, well, there was two. Uh, the well, first, the first. Were they the Fuji's? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like her last three songs were Fuji songs. Of course they were. Yeah. Uh, um, the first band wasn't actually who'd been advertised. It was a band called Diggable Planets, who I know and I enjoy, so I enjoyed that. Then the next band was called was like Corey Henry. And the funk all stars or some some stupid like that. One and they were essentially a funk jam band. 
I mean, that sounds alright. Right, right. No, no, it wasn't. It was fi- it was fine for. Well, like, yeah, then it goes right there. The first six minutes of each yeah, song like they, makes that sentence instantly sound like hell. They had an hour slot and they played six songs. Yeah, two, fuck that noise. two of which were dreadful covers of Prince songs. So they couldn't even oh, play dear. enough of their own material in that thing. But as we found. Where, uh, where was this gig? This is in the Hydro. This is the Hydro. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> I can't really complain because I never paid for it. And I like hang out with my, my sister-in-law, who's pretty cool. Uh, so I shouldn't really complain about it, but it was, it was terrible. Yeah. Did she enjoy it? Yeah, I think she enjoyed it. Yeah, which was the main thing. Was it just you and your sister-in-law? Yes. I mean, that seems weird. How? How? Because I hate my brother-in-law, so I would never spend time with him. <laughs> so, you know. Does he not listen to us? <laughs> Doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> We'll soon find yeah. out. <laughs> and if he does, I mean, come on, man. It's not like I was hiding it. Yeah. Uh, and then Saturday, I waited in uh, for a delivery guy to come and pick up three boxes of graphic novels that I was selling. Uh, I was told it'd be between 8am and 8pm. I waited between 8am and 8pm and no one turned up and I was raging. So that's Did I think you got rid of them eventually, though? Yeah, I took them to one of these drop-off places. Right. So, so that's been Fair riding. Enough. It's been busy. You gotta love a twelve-hour delivery windows. Yeah. Like, there's nothing, nothing quite like ruining your day than having to wait <laughs> the entire day on something that may or may not show up yeah. at any moment. To be fair, it allowed me to lie in bed for that duration of time and have an excuse. So, yeah. so I watched a couple of things on Netflix and uh, played and kind of got back into playing Red Dead Two again. So, it is sweet. What did you watch on Netflix? I've been catching up on the seasons of uh, It's All the Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, that I've been watching. So, right. it is sweet. Okay, how's your week been, Tom? Yeah, be alright. Um, I kind of had the opposite what Neil had. Um, uh, I've been renewing my passport because we're going to Poland in January, and I've, I was given that window of like you know from nine to five, uh, and the guy came pretty so much. Sorry, make eleven. He kind of came in. Was it about? It was about quarter past nine. It was pretty much yeah within early doors. Yeah, so I I I was surprised about that because I was like shit because I thought you might have had to like deal with it, um. But yeah, I got that sorted. Uh, yeah. Work's been work. Um, try to see if I'm going to get home for Christmas or not. I don't know. Uh, but even if I don't, I've got a plan. Um, it'll just be the plans I did last. Did you plan to phone in sick? It's <laughs> notes to just hang out at, uh, <laughs> it's to hang out at uh, Stevie's house, like I've done for the last two years, which has been swell. Um, so, yeah, it's all good. Um, what else have I been doing? Um, not much. Um as I said, met Neil at the cinema a couple of times, um, working. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, and uh, I got my uh, my early Christmas present from Paco, which was which was lovely. It really was. Uh, he gave me his old PS4. So how how, do, how does the fan sound on that old PS4? It's it's not <laughs> as bad as you were making out your one is. It's not yeah, like I, put it this way, right? 
We have a really horrendously loud fucking jet engine fan in our kitchen. Uh, Until it reaches that point, are you saying I'm you're, not really worried. Are you saying you're basically desensitised to how loud the PS4 fan is? Well, I I don't think it's that loud. Um, it's not like because it's not like exactly I, whisper quiet. I uh, <laughs> not too long ago uh, cleaned it out with a can of compressed air, uh, so like it, it shouldn't be as bad as yeah. you know as it was before that. Definitely, though, like it did get used pretty much twenty four seven for like four years. Yeah. So, uh, That's what I said to Paco. Yeah. As as grateful as I am, I'm like, cool man. I've got a PS4, got a sweet sky package with it, and uh, I was just worried that it'd be like the end of the Blues Brothers, where after all that, all that sweet car chases, <laughs> they get out of the car, and it's just, I was like, I'm gonna press, I'm gonna put it on, and it's just gonna go, and I'll be like, oh damn it. Yeah, yeah. So, but so, I can tie me over till after Poland, then I can save up for another one. It's gonna last. It'll be fine. Yeah. And like, if it does break, you can probably get it repaired for like way cheaper than buying like an entirely new PS4. That's true. Um, but uh, to be fair, I mean that it's not just the fact that it's a PS4. Uh, it's got that surely sweet... it has a year's guarantee pack or Rodriguez. Not at all. Are you kidding? No way. No way. No uh, who. Yeah, as I said, it's got a. It's got a sweet sky package, which is uh, also the bonus. Uh, as soon as I told my stepdad about that, he became like a child and became very envious yeah. uh, and uh, kept going on and on about it. Um, like, oh, you're going to take it up with you at Christmas? And, I mean, if, are, are you sure you want are, it? Are you going to take it up with you at Christmas? Uh, probably not. Well, I won't have, have a tell that you put it into. I thought your brother had one. Uh, he does, but my brother doesn't live in my mum's house anymore. He lives no, in his but house. surely it'd be easier for your brother to bring his over. Yeah, he won't do that. But his doesn't have the sky, the sky thing that's oh, on every single right. channel. See, that's, oh, that's right. the gnarly thing about it, because it'll have like, the sports channel so we can watch the darts and shit, but I think that's what I was telling. I was like, I'll get to watch all the cup finals of the darts, if I, if I so please. Uh, or, or any films and that, and he's just fucking, oh, I, I, that's good, though. that's good for some, isn't it? I, I was like, it really, really is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, like, I, we are extremely lucky that we happen to know people. somebody who works for Sky. Yeah. Uh, again, thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> don't like, say anything. Yeah, like, I, she, I mean, that's I, I really doubt that she listens to the show, but it's like, not the point. Okay, okay. <laughs> It's not the point. But, uh, She's not doing anything illegals, but don't need Eternally check grateful for that. Yes. Like, it's a limited amount. Uh, I am eternally things, grateful yeah. for it right now. Because we had it for ages. I remember like Danny Matthews was raging because he's like, you fucking, you yeah. don't deserve you won't it. You won't use it. You won't use it. You don't deserve it. It's like, <laughs> we don't, man. But we, but we no, got it. Totally we don't, so <laughs> eat it. It's basically saying because we would never watch all the sports on it, or I yeah. wouldn't anyway. Yeah. I, but yeah, the, the surprise annoying thing about having two PS4s in the one flat though is that when you Fli- move the fl- con- when, yeah, when you move the controllers, you need to like sync the controller up to a PS4. So like, yeah. uh, whenever we kind of swap one over or whatever, like I'll press the button, then I'll hear the beep coming from Tommy's room. And what for fuck's sake? Uh, Means I need to go through there, turn his TV on, then like fucking hold down the the PS button and turn the controller off, then come back through here. Sync it up to my PS4. It's just it's a nuisance, man. Oh yeah, it's a huge inconvenience. It is. No, that, 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 is. ten a, yards. That is a total inconvenience. Oh, wished you. you. You've never, you haven't had to put up with that. that that's <laughs> happened a couple of times to me. To me, Paul. Oh wait, I forgot. Paul got a PS4 during couch co-op stuff. Um, but yeah, so I've had, I've got that, and uh, you've been playing Doom. The only game that I own, and that was uh, the Doom when you bought it for me, Neil. 
uh, and I didn't even own a PS4. But you're like, Paco's got it, just play it. And it was like 20 quid, and I'm just replaying Doom and having a fucking blast. Uh, I'll probably start the division soon as well because again, it's, it's the only game we've got on the flat that's on a hard disc. No, it's not. There's loads there. Is there? Yeah. Is there any good ones though? I mean, there's every Call of Duty. This is any good ones. <laughs> I thought the division it's, was the it's only more one. So that's because like Pollock plays the division, didn't he? Like so. Hmm. But yeah, there's like the Metro games, there's Metal Gear, there's Mass Effect. Wait, is that the Fan of Pain? Yeah. yeah, you said that shit. Well, I'm not playing that. Yeah, I mean, you might like it. You're not like I don't know. I watched you, you play it a bit. But you you, you would be going into that not as a Metal Gear fan, though. So yeah. you might just really enjoy the mechanics, because I, 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 I won't lie, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, another dimension out there another reality where that was the best game ever made because the mechanics in it are absolutely fantastic yeah is it as good as Doom though? that's a different type of mechanic I mean you, you can get a horse as like a kind of support buddy that you can use in the game and if you kind of get to know your horse well enough you can demand that it poops like uh, when you tell it to, and you can get it to poop on the road. There is no need. And for then that. when a car drives over it, the car skids. So you, you can, there really is no need. You can for that. you, you can uh, kind of sidle up behind guys and connect a floating balloon to them, which warps them through an extra dimensional oh, yeah. portal. It's, it's, a, it's yeah. a lot of fun. It's a good sandbox. It's game. goofy as shit. Or yeah. you can just go full on fucking Rambo and just run and around just and just annihilate guys. Well, maybe I'll do it after I finish Doom, um, or finish Doom again. Um, but yeah, that's really been my week, and yeah, I've watched a couple of films, and yeah, kind of been a bit tiring, but what are you going to do? I'm on for seven days in a row again, so no, I po- apologise if I'm a bit lethargic and a bit tired. <coughs> you do actually sound kind of tired. Yeah, I've got Iron Brew though, so that might help. I but it's the rubbish stuff in nature. No, the Die Iron Brew, Die Iron Brew. Um, I don't even know, like... It's horrendous. Like there's a shop I go by, and they've got like they. As it's a, horrendous. Right. No. This this is horrendous. Right. There's a shop oh. I go by near my work, and it's got like, and they're still selling bottles of Iron Brew original recipe for five pounds. <laughs> a, a, bo- a glass like bottle. A glass Brew. bottle. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah. No, is not, I, I mean, it is because like that's now something yeah, that's in demand. It's, it's a de- in demand product. I, like, I there's, mean, like, there's what? a shop at Central Station that sells cans. And they're two ninety nine, yeah. so yeah, the step up to that would probably be a bit of fiver. A hot tip for you guys though, like a the harvester at the key in Glasgow, like it still has all the old cans of Iron Brew purely because no one buys cans of Iron Brew in there. A but like the downside to that being is that they yeah. are two quid each yeah. just because that's how much a can of juice is in that. But, but, but that's, that's different because you're buying them yeah. in these shops. Exactly. So. But I mean, that's still the, the, the full 32 grams of, of sugar in a tiny can. Yeah. Like, I don't which really... now when you say it out loud, it sounds ridiculous. Why was that ever, ever allowed? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I used to drink uh, yeah, so much of it, man. No yeah. wonder it was fucking 19 stone. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, well, there you go. So the harvester's got them, folks. Yeah, go get it if you want to give yourself diabetes. Yeah. So, friend, um, so Paco, how was your week? Oh my God, he asked. You see that? That's a true friend, Tommy. Do we not get the news first, though? 
Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like I've had a good week. Like I went a uh, walk down the Clyde Walkway, uh, which got stopped short because somebody got murdered uh, on that route. So I had to kind of backtrack a couple of miles. I mm. uh, almost made it to Canvas Line. I I went on a rock climbing course with our good friend Lee from the Monster Closet podcast. That's at Monster Closet PC on Twitter. Uh, so like I'd done both parts of that, and then we went back today for like a good three hours doing climbing stuff. Mm. Um, climbed seven Monroes in the past month. Mm. It's quite quite impressive. Mm. I cut out all the food that makes life worth living, <laughs> which mm. is a uh, still, still destroying. Yeah, not all of it, but not like. I don't get to eat as much shit as I want anymore, man. Well, no, but I've said to you, it's alright, have a wee day. Like, you had that day Oh, man, if you said it then, it must be alright. Well, I'm just I'm just trying to tell you that <laughs> back, it's alright to, like, have a... Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying it's alright to have a day where it's like, oh, man, like, the Christmas market's in town, it's alright to enjoy a Turkish Yeah, well, delight. I mean, the same day that I did the Clyde Walkway walk, I made the mistake, like, that walks right past uh, Edo Square. So, like, I saw that the Christmas market was on and then, like, immediately bought, like, fucking jumbo garlic shrimp in a... That sounds great. Like, I bought a cracker hot dog and then I walked past... A cracker the, hot dog? Yeah, it's, What's like, that? basically, like, a kind of spicy uh, bratwurst. Ooh, that sounds great. Uh, and then, like, I walked past the Turkish Delight stand and that was it. Like, Turkish Delight is absolutely my fucking downfall, man. No, like, I cannot walk past I remember, that shit without buying Yeah, it. and I remember speaking to you when I came in, you're like, no, nah, man, there's a seal broken and whatever. And I says, you know, it's all right to have a day or two like that. The, the trick is is to keep focused and not let it, like, become your life. Yeah, but that one day walking past the fucking Christmas market undone six days worth of weight loss before oh, it. Like, on, man. <laughs> It did. That was. There's a graph. I could show you the graph. Oh fucking hell! It's uh, Christmas for Christ. Well, sorry. It's nearly Christmas for Christ's sake. It's fine. Yeah, stop being a little, stop being a little bitch. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, it's alright right to enjoy. Whatever your fatty. Shit. <laughs> um, yeah. What else you do, man? Is that it? Is that not enough? I oh. played a bunch of video games as well. Hmm. I tell you what, I didn't do. What? Watch a film. That's a lie. You watched Outlaw King. Yeah, and but we spoke about that on the uh, the cinematic for the people. Fuck that! Say, fuck that show. <laughs> oh, terrible! <laughs> so yeah, I, like want I, hear, I was. I want to hear your comments about outlocking. I listen to the cinematic I, for I, the I people. Then no other shows. I've got okay. too much talking Simpsons to listen to. <laughs> sure, you do, man. Is that the thing? What's the guy's name that does that? Talking Bob. Sim- Bob. I'll have a look. To summarise, uh, Paco's thoughts on Outlaw King was he really enjoyed it and his pal was in it. Yeah, my pal was in it. There you go. Uh, did you actually really enjoy it? I did. I thought it was fine. How is, as we say, Chris Evans, what is Chris Pine? How is Chris Pine's movie? Um, it's, it's good, it's in the shape of the Enterprise. It's certainly there. Um, is it the uh, controversial thing that everybody was going on about, or is it just yep, a? Yep, it does uh, have the top of it looks like a Ferengi. That's correct. <laughs> His balls just look like Ferengi ears. <laughs> yeah. Okay, ca- uh, carry so, on. Anyway, <laughs> I. But yeah, like we we kind of spoke about a fantastic beast. The creams are. Grindelwald. That's right. 
uh, and Outlocking on the Cinematic for the People podcast. Which right now, like, it's not at Cinematic for the People, that's not their Twitter handle, is it? Mm, don't know. It's, I think it's a shorter Twitter handle than that. Okay, right now. Actually, I retweeted it, but like, I don't really do Twitter. Uh, apologies, Alan. <laughs> I'm sure on your guys' show, if we get shout-outs, it's way more professional than this. Yeah. Uh, but what can I say? Um, I am not so, so yeah. see, now, see, see now that you've been on their show does that mean we have to have them on our show now no well, no no I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't it was, like that it was I'm, a not, I'm, thing. Not, it was, I'm not saying that as in a that would be no, rubbish it was, it was supposed saying, to be it was supposed to be like the edit the podcast that we collectively done with their music and stuff and post it on their uh, podcast feed and we do the same. So Alan sent me his audio and stuff, and I was supposed to splice it together and put our music on it and put it on our podcast feed. Yeah. But like as the link said, Alan Alan did it like fast. It was like I sent him the file, and in that same day, like the podcast was up, and I hadn't even looked at our one. Oh man, then, like, Tommy, can you imagine? Just terrible, <laughs> right? Just terrible. Oh, and then, like today, the I knew we were, I knew we were filming, uh, recording this tonight. So I was like, well, I'm going to have to edit this one and post it on the thing. And I was like, does it really make sense to like edit the other one and post it in our one and then edit this one and post it? So I was like, Neil, I'll do, do you one, one, I'll do you one better. I remember when he said, um, well, Al's, he, he kind of needs me to come on the show. So, and I'm quoting here, I really need to go watch a film. So I really need to go watch The Crimes of Grindelwald for that show. That was Paco's words, whereas so, the show that he's yeah. part of, he's like, ah, fuck, whatever, man, I might watch something, I don't know, don't care. I might edit today, I, I or tomorrow. I, I suppose their listeners are probably a bit more highbrow than ours, to be honest. Because yeah, well, they're, 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 they're a lot more in-depth and kind of think, professional about stuff. So, going and, uh, Paco, going and watching that yeah. film was like the, the podcast equivalent of uh, tidying up when someone's coming out of your house. Really. Yeah, like yeah, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't just be, you know, typical deadweight Paco shows up to a movie podcast with no movie to talk about. Because you're guessing on that one, where this one, yeah. you're like, oh, that's fine. You and Tommy probably got it. They probably got it. I mean, sense. no, like I knew fine well that like Alan would completely have that kind of down pat. But, well, uh, yeah, because I think he watched. No, he watched Outlaw King, didn't he? Yeah. And Grindelwald. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Because yeah, again, I was I was kind of dead in the water. I was like, "Shit, we do it tomorrow, right? Cool." And it just happened to be I went and watched um, the girl in the spider's web. So I'm like, "Oh well," uh, I seen the unlimited screen. So I'm like, "Cool, I've got something to talk about." Because I hadn't seen Grindelwald. I'd seen Outlocking, uh, but that was that was really it. <clears throat> okay, so, I'll take your quick thoughts in Paco on Grindelwald. I I am not a Harry Potter fan, so I did not care about any universal inconsistencies. And therefore, I think I came away from it like enjoying it more than what I've heard other people do. Uh, it's still not as good as the first movie, but like all the characters in it are fun. I I think they are. Like I got a text off a uh, again. See, I mentioned him every week just now, but like a uh, my workmate Andy Connor, a uh, just texted me saying that that was not fun when he came out of it earlier today. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I enjoyed it well enough. Like nothing really happens though. It's like the movies yeah, over two hours long, it, and nothing really another, happens. That's in my it. other question: is that I've seen reports saying that all this film does is spend its entire runtime setting up a sequel. Is this true? It's exactly that. It's ex- yeah, it's exactly that. Like the they have was the, it four the, more to go. There's yeah, something like that. 
Five more. There's seven in total. This was the second. So there you go. They've got um, five on the slate. So they need there's, to... there's seven fantastic beasts. Yeah. Yeah. There's money to be made, son. So basically, this one. There are it, only like, is there seven things. books? No. No, there's no books. There's no books. All oh, right, okay. Right, all right. It's a textbook that features in the Harry Potter series called Fantastic Beasts, where I find the, the adventures of Newt Scar. Is it what's Scarmander? Scarmander. All right, Scar- so, so this has just totally been fabricated out oh. of. So th- 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 this is just high level fan fiction. I think no, no, no. What I think I it think was is J.K. Rowling. I think released or was gonna release the book as part of a charity thing, right? And then it just got. Well, how about we just do a film series of it because Harry Potter's done now. So I think it is her that's writing it. Though, oh no, she's, not yeah, she wrote. Right. She wrote the screenplay. I think for both. Yeah. But the idea being is a lot of the Harry Potter fans. I think because this was just it was it was the one film <coughs> based on this textbook. And it wasn't really Harry Potter lore, like nothing really came into it. Whereas the second one is pushing a lot of Harry Potter in there. And that's why timelines and character reveals and things like that are starting to not add up or be consistent. Because if I spoke to a friend of mine, a friend of mine in work, yeah, a friend of mine in work who's a massive, massive Harry Potter fan, I told her, right, just to let you know that. That, that there's going to be a big reveal in this film, so it's a bit of a gut punch. So I'm just going to set you up for it. I won't tell you what it is. And again, yesterday, uh, not yesterday, two days ago, when I seen her, she's like, "Come here, I speak to you." And she's like, "What the fuck was that? I can't believe that. That doesn't make sense. And this doesn't make sense." And I was like, "Well, you know, that is the that's the nature of the prequel. Is <laughs> like Nerds. they need to they need to add it up. You know, look at the, now, now you know, know, now you know, know a lot of Star Wars fans. Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. Yeah. You fucking know how I felt when I watched the Last Jedi. You're like, I, no, not that. I was talking about the prequels. All right, fair enough. I was like, what? I mean, they, they are so old now that I've kind of forgiven them their rubbishness. Like they were more bland than offensive. That I, I, I watched um, Phantom Menace and uh, what's it called? What was the second? Attack of the Clones. Exactly, yeah. Relatively recently, and yes, bland is the best way to describe those films. Yeah, especially I mean, like, especially the Phantom Menace. When when a movie's got three members at end sync in it, it doesn't really kind of you know bode well. <laughs> it's a total blink and you'll miss them, but I understand yeah. what you're saying. So basically, the reductive part of it though is entirely is just a movie that sets up another sequel. Only three things of any significance happen in the entire film, and they none of them involve the protagonist. So, but, like, I still thought it was entertaining. Though. It was still, I was still like the characters are all likable enough that I wasn't bored during it. Uh, though I've been told that my opinion on that is wrong by Andy Connor, so take from that what you will. He doesn't know Andy Connor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else about that? Was it? No, um, are you planning on going in depth on the Girl on the Spider's Web? Or did you talk about that on the other yeah, podcast? We spoke about that. Uh, he also repeated himself about eight times as well. So. Yeah. Right, okay. Give, uh, give, give, me your, give me your quick thoughts on that. No repetition. Okay. It is a mediocre, run-of-the-mill thriller that is uninspiring, but fine to watch. Is Lisbeth Salander a superhero now? Is she Batman? Uh, not quite. Um, I thought Claire Foy was actually decent <coughs> in her version, Elizabeth Slander. Um, my, again, my problem is at times... You, know, you remember the original uh, Scandinavian ones mm-hmm. uh, where... It feels like a continuation of that, whereas the first one's really good, where the second and third one you can tell are kind of TV movie and just kind of run of the mill. This is the same as that, and the other thing is it becomes much more of a soap opera. 
it feels like I was what it felt a wee bit a wee bit like I was watching twenty four season six, but uh, yeah, and that's yeah. so and that's so proper way of it. But yeah, okay, it's, it's not it's it's, like... it's it's not bad. It's just mediocre and uh, yeah, yeah. It's that thing we mentioned on the cinematic for the people one, where like as soon as a series goes on long enough and they start bringing in the main character's extended family as uh, every single villain. I mean or, that's that's in the trailer, yes. but again that's what when. There just, is no, there's no real reveal. Yeah, it's just like, it oh, just, we're just going to get from it A to B to C and then that's it. feel like a soap opera. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, and, and then at that point, just people start checking out. Don't they? Like, yeah, but again, I thought Claire Foy was pretty good as Elizabeth Salander. So, any films that you guys want to talk about that we haven't spoke about already? Well, um, will, we, will we not do the news first, do we? Well, you want news this week. Was there anything Do, do we have news this week? Uh, I've, I've, yeah, just like last, Tom, Tommy, last time. Tommy graciously spent ten minutes scribbling shit down. Um, I, I haven't scribbled anything down because uh, yous were not interested in yous last week. So I was like, you know what, I'm not really going to bother. Like you're genuinely um, upset. Um, but I, I do have some news <laughs> that I can vaguely recall because I don't want to take up too much of your guys' time. Go on, let, let, let's hear your news, Tommy. Let's hear your news. Uh, Fact me till you fart. Keanu Reeves is in Toy Story Four. Okay. That was Let Slip. There you go. Uh, the Lion King <coughs> uh, live action uh, teaser is the second most viewed uh, trailer ever on YouTube behind Avengers Infinity War. Have you seen it? Yeah, I've it, seen it, it does bits nothing. of it. It's just the it's a re, it's a shot for shot remake I don't of, the, understand of the animated one. Why, yeah. why does it get called a live action trailer when everything in it's CG? Sorry, not. Yeah, so I don't mean. Yeah. And yeah. No, it's like it says it on it. It says live action Lion King, and then everything yeah. in it is CG. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Uh, so I mean, like, don't get me wrong, man. I'm not saying so it's, that yeah, you it's, could have that compelling story with actual lines, but well, have you seen that film? Uh, oh my god, shit! Neil knows what I'm talking about. The one, the, 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 the one where Melanie Griffiths get mauled had got face reconstructed. <laughs> Yeah. What's that? Oh, there's some uh, B movie uh, where they oh, shit was called. I can't remember. Um, Can I drop a fact bomb on you guys again that we've not used in a while? What? But the MGM line killed its trainer yeah, and somebody else trailers, yeah. two days yeah. after the MGM logo was filmed. That's right. Yeah. You you love that fact. <laughs> yeah. But I this, think I've said it like eight or nine times yeah. on the show. I'm pretty sure it's Melanie Griffith anyway, Neil. Um, it is Melanie Griffith because she had to yeah. she had to get like facial deconstruction surgery. Yeah, but basically they were trying to fight the film this I think it wasn't like a documentary, it was like a it's, fictional... it's called Roar. Uh, Roar. Yeah. That's it. A family goes to Africa to meet their father who lives with wild lions. Uh I urge every single one of you listening, go on YouTube and watch the trailer for this. It yeah. is mental. Yeah, absolutely bizarre. They're trying to film the story around oh, actual this. wild lions, and they're trying to, and the lions every now and then attack. Them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They actually, just like, the, you see them attacking the crew. Yeah, yeah. 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 they attack, yeah. they attack the crew. They attack the actors. Roar. There's, there's, That's if, really is that like if I remember correctly, there's an amazing bit where they're filming this scene, and I think it's Tippy Hedren and whoever the guy is that's in it. And the lion just jumps through the window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine anything more terrifying? Yeah. To be fair, Tippy had reduced it because she was getting birds thrown at her during the birds. So at, she's at, at least that was just Hitchcock with a dead bird on a stick going, 
Emo. They were dead, mate. They were dead. How much money would it take for you to even stand in oh. like, a, like a stadium, a football stadium? How, like, you need to stand in there with a lion for like a minute. Wait, how far away is the lion? How, like, it's dead centre of the fucking pitch. And where am I? Like, you've just entered the fucking door. Like, how much money? Right, I, oh, I don't know. Right. I could, I could probably, as long as I can stand by the gate and count till the lion comes towards me and then shove the gate shut, I reckon I have a good time for it. I, I don't think there's enough money in the fucking world that I would ever step inside for even a fucking second, man. I'm, I'm going to drop some roar trivia <laughs> on you from the pages of IMDb. Cinematographer Ian DeBont, I believe, oh, yeah. I believe when, when of Speed this, fame. When was this filmed? 1981. 1981? Yeah. yeah. He also uh, was a cinematographer for Die Hard. Yes, he was. Uh, so, cinematographer Ian DeBont was mauled and scalped by a lion on the set. DeBont required over 120 stitches to sew his scalp back from where a lion had bitten his head. After me- after medical oh. treatment, DeBont actually returned to the production to complete his DOP duties. Man, that's, that's some that fucking... Hard uh, man. Yeah. Oh. That's like that's like going on tour to the war and then it's like, I got shot a bunch of times but fuck me man, I gotta go back and do yeah. my shit. Like, why did people mess with lions? Like, what was that, like, a couple of months back there was like a bunch of poachers trying to like kill rhinos in Africa or something mm. and like the entire group of them got fucking eaten alive, obviously, like uh, mm. and like, they couldn't tell how many poachers there were because there wasn't enough of the remains left. Again, I, like, m- much like a related story that's I think it was this week. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Neil's got another, uh, he's got our Pippi Hedren fractured a leg during production when an elephant bucked her off its back when she was riding on top. Moreover, also during production, Hedren was bitten on the back of her head by a lioness. Hedren received 38 stitches to the open wound. The incident can be seen in the finished picture. Hedron is hanging from hanging to the branch of a tree when forty-four lions run across her. The forty-fifth bites at her head. Hedron screams, and the blood scene are real. <laughs> that is fucking horrific. Yeah. Like, did this only did the footage for this only get released like this year or last year or something? though? because like, I can't remember seeing that trailer really recently. The, the, the film was very old. They were talking. Is, is it late eighties, early nineties? Nineteen eighty-one. But like, is the, did it actually get released then, or is it only just no, no? Recently? It got released then. I think it got re-released on one of these kind of cult film kind of right. DVD kind of companies. Yeah, because uh, I, I watched the trailer for that. Yeah, but yeah, mm. listeners, go and find that Crazy. trailer. That was called uh, Roar. 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 Uh, that's what it says. If, that's what the ad is. It's like Roar. Like, if you're if you're, if you're on the the Facebook page when Paco. Uh, Whenever he puts this up, I'll maybe find a link for it and put it on the page. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, so, yeah, um, a lot of folk are jazzed about the new Lion King adaptation. It just looks oh, pretty much... Oh, is that where this went? Yeah, it right. pretty much looks the same. Yeah, I mean, I watch it. I quite like John Favreau's The Jungle Book. I'll enjoy is this it. Favreau's though? Yes. Right. He's a pigeonholing himself here, isn't he? He is the, he's Disney's bitch. Who done the <laughs> Beauty and the Beast? Oh, the, was it? No, Branna did Cinderella. No. Kenneth Branna yeah, did Cinderella. Branna Cinderella is alright. I haven't seen it. It's alright. I haven't seen um, Hermione's Beauty and the Beast either. Again, it's alright. It's, mm, it's, it's just not the original. 
Again, though, it's just it's just follows the trends of like they're making money, so it's like yeah, see all these Disney movies, we're just going to redo them in this you know, fashion, I, and they I, will I make money. Really, fall Disney for doing it. It's like you may as well. Yeah. Yeah. Never yeah. and, and everyone's jazzed about the Lion King one, so yeah, that's uh, again guaranteed money maker. Who's your favorite beast? Ron Perlman, the animated one, or Jimmy Savile? <laughs> Well, Ron Perlman, obviously. <laughs> Good lord. Who's your favourite? I'm a bit more to the Fred West myself. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. There, there was uh, a I saw, I saw a ridiculous headline and kind of delved a wee bit into the story, not too much. Uh, and this was just today that uh, George Lucas has is back is back yeah. on board for the Obi Wan solo film, and it'll be filming in Northern Ireland. And guess who? Guess who so. leaked this information to Boris Johnson? Boris Johnson. <laughs> yes. Actually, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a D. It was a the clown prince himself. <laughs> it was a. It was a. It was a D D U P party conference DUP. thing. Yeah, right. And they're basically saying how you know cinema and that kind of industry is doing really well, and then he dropped even George Lucas's here, uh, going to be doing Obi Wan. I get, I again, I take that. Yeah, pinch I, of salt, I, that I don't, I don't believe it for a second. Goofball. But if it was true, that's it's a weird, be a really weird situation that that's how it's get leaked. But then that they brought George Lucas back. <laughs> I think yeah. Again, it's like. It's like, oh man, we we need you because our last couple of attempts haven't made the money we hoped. Do you know what's great is that I care so little about that franchise now that even that news is like just completely just washing by me. Like there's no, there's nothing. Like I feel nothing about that. I don't think I, I, I bet you it's not true. Yeah, it'll be a cool um, lie. My point is, they're they're they're, 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 halt, they're like halting. I no longer care about that franchise at all. They're halting any spin-offs now. Boba Fett is not going to happen just now because of the, the again, I'll put in air quotes catastrophe that Solo was um, which I don't believe it was. These, these things, like, there, there's enough in Star Wars, like, there's even the, the now canon stuff, like, <coughs> like, you know, excluding all the extended universe stuff, there's enough there that they should just be TV shows. TV shows are trying to do uh, the fact, they'll do, like, a cinematic, like, you know, Into the Spider-Verse is getting a cinematic release. Hmm. Oh, that's soon, isn't it? It's like December 10th or something? Is it yeah, that soon? I think there's I think like so. previews on the set. Do, do Star Wars, do that kind of Star Wars, like that kind of animated style and whatnot. Yeah. I think that it might, it'll make some money and it won't piss off everyone. <clears throat> um, I don't know, man, if it's shit, it's shit. Yeah, yeah but I, I'd imagine matter. like some of the Star Wars cartoon stuff is pretty shit, but nobody fucking bats an eyelid about that. But, you know, Last Jedi, everyone loses their fucking minds. <laughs> Yeah, I still defend a lot of the Star Wars cartoon stuff. No, no, I'm not saying it's not you. You've told me that it's pretty good, and I do but trust your opinion e- on that. Even, even was... Rebels was pretty decent as well. It just, depe- it it just depends that. on what you're looking for from your Star Wars. Um. <coughs> yeah. Um. I'm try- yeah, so I've seen that headline as well, Neil. Uh, uh, I thought, I, I thought I it was hilarious. But completely. Yeah. completely people yeah. like it. So we lies. Oh, yeah. And again, this is a bunch of bullshit, but again, this poll has been getting way too much recognition. 
Um, a bunch of folk were asked what they'd like to see remade or what franchise they'd like to see remade on top of the bill as Back to the Future, in which Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale are saying, no, no. chance. It's, and, and they have to get their permission for this. It's even when we die, we're gonna, our estate will fight to that never happens. And fucking kudos, because some things are better left where they're at. Yeah, like, <clears throat> Back to the Future would not be improved by no. modern no, kind of film techniques. No, it would not. Like it just, it it's wouldn't. fine, what it is. <clears throat> not in any kind of meaningful way, at least. No. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that again, news-wise, I think that's me. Yeah, I so, uh, How about that Suspiria remake that apparently has traumatised you? Um, well, I, you, well, me and Neil, we both watched that. Uh, Do you want to save that for the big one? Is that the last yeah. one? Is that the showstopper? Yeah, yeah, it is yeah, the showstopper. yeah that's probably all. I think when, and, and that, 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 when that big old down I've got a lot to say, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Like, what, what other movies have you guys well, watched I'll this kick week? Because it's, it's probably mm. last week I went to see it. Uh, I went with the Grinch. Mm. Uh, and regular listeners. Or Andy, who listened to the last show, will have heard us talk about Castlevania and how Dracula is the most relatable character of 2018. The Grinch is pretty close. <laughs> uh, Just because he hates Christmas? No, d- no. Has he, he also been fucked over by humanity? You know you know how they always say, like, in, in every story, uh, the villain thinks he's the hero? Yeah. Kind of like the, there's things they give you the Grinch's backstory to why he hates Christmas and you kind of understand how why he is the way that he is and you feel sorry for him because of it. And it right. and it's complete miscommunication, misunderstanding between him and the Who's that has led him to live this solitary life with his wee dug in the cave. Hating everything, being depressed, no having any pals. It was emotional. There's a lot of. Who, who plays, who plays uh, the Grinch? Benedict, Benedict, Benedict Chumberbatch plays the Grinch, and I think he's a very good choice for it. Um, even though he's doing his weird old American accent. Yeah, I mean, like, I suppose it would save him some money on the makeup for his face, though, uh, because he already looks weird as shit. <laughs> <laughs> nah. So, yeah, he's quite good at it. Um, the the basic story of the Grinch, if you don't know, is the town of Whoville goes daft for Christmas, and all the Who's that live there are all these kind of cutesy, and if these all pals with each other, if they loves each other, uh, but then you've got the Grinch who lives up in the mountains, who is miserable, depressed, um, hates Christmas. And just generally doesn't get, get on with anybody. So it's him and his wee dog. And the start of the film is you realise that because the Grinch has has depression, he has eaten all the winter food. And you get these really funny kind of cutaways to him kind of crying eating all this food, which I, I enjoyed. Uh, okay. <laughs> so the crux of it is he has to go into Whoville to go and get food to last him the winter and because that happens he, he kind of finds out that the mayor of Whoville wants this year's Christmas to be five times bigger than any other Christmas so the Grinch is not happy about this and tries to end Christmas 
by stealing it from them. Uh, okay. And it sounds a very it's a very simple concept. Uh, it sounds like a concept that should not be dragged to an hour and a half, but um, the people at Illumination do a very good job of stretching it out and not making it boring. Uh, so you get like you get some <laughs> you get kind of it's almost not a montage. But it's uh, you get them forming these plan and going through the steps to do it. But you also get uh, Cindy Lou who who has this other plan to meet to trap Santa on Christmas night so she can ask her to do something. So you've got the two plans kind of being formed at the same time. Uh, right. So when by the time you've reached the the kind of third act, it's everything's nothing's felt superfluous. Right. Mm. Um, who who else is in it apart from Benedict Cumberbatch? Uh, Rashida Jones, uh, Cindy Lou, who's mother. Uh, Keenan Thompson's in it, uh, and I actually thought he was next to Cumberbatch. Is, next to Cumberbatch, he's the best thing in it. He's like Keenan is in from Keenan and Kel. Yes, as in SNL's. He's got some really good stuff because he's totally delusional. He's just this big, this big kind of beardy who, who is so happy and joyful in life that he thinks the Grinch is still his best pal, even though all the Grinch does is rip the piss him. So, yeah, he's pretty good. Um, so, how does this compare to like the Jim Carrey version from fucking decades ago? Well, the, like... the Jim Carrey version is a nightmare. It's, a, it's not a good film. Right. And is it's it also just, is it like the exact same story? Is this just based on the it's based, it's based, Doctor it's based Seuss? on the same Doctor Seuss story, yeah. This right. this one the animation's really good. Uh I like the look of them. Like their uh, the Who's are Andy Grinch himself. Like they're they're humanoid, but they're kind of almost like kind of hamsterish, like they've got a, a fur. Um right. There's some really good stuff at the start where you're kind of getting to know the Grinch as being a bit of an asshole when he goes into the town. And uh, I laughed really loudly out loud at this. And all the kids are in the audience were like, oh, he's a, wee ba- he's a bad man. And the parents are like, yeah, he's a bad man. And I'm like, <laughs> where it's, this kid has built a snowman. And he puts the head on, but he can't find the carrot for the nose. So the Grinch is kind of picking his teeth with it. And the kid's like, oh, you've got it. So the Grinch starts putting it on, but just keeps pushing the head until it falls off. And then just drops the carrot and goes, eh, and beats it. And I found that highly amusing. Because he, he might, was such a wino. You might have psychological issues, Neil. You should probably <laughs> see a therapist. Um... <laughs> So, like, you're saying that, like, a, one of the kind of things in this was that, like, the Grinch has got depression. Does it deal with, like, yeah, kind of... Yeah, it, get, it gets quite dark. Let's see, <clears throat> see when it's... Uh, see when it's explaining the kind of backstory of uh, why the Grinch is the way he is. Um, like, because he was an orphan and he never got included in anything. They thought everybody was kind of excluding him. Uh, it gets quite dark and it gets quite sad. Um, I like this trend of like kids movies that like deal with like just themes like that. Yeah, it's really good. 
Well, that, See, I mean, that's, that's like that's, the third or fourth one this this kind of past two years, isn't it? Uh, well, that, that's kind of what I was saying. But from being quite a relatable character, I mean, there's there's no doubt there who hasn't at some point felt kind of the world's a bit against them, and everybody nobody likes them anymore, that kind of thing, and they get sad and eat a lot of ice cream, that kind of thing. It's he is very relatable, and by the time. Like kind of your third act comes in and he realizes what he's done and that it's all been. It's not so much he realizes a miscommunication. He gets shown that it would never have been that way, and uh, he's, even after he's stolen all the Christmas, Cindy who's up his house going, "You should come for Christmas dinner," and everybody's all nice to him. You you get that kind of we kind of ten minutes at the end where it's not overly schmaltzy about it yeah. you get the he turns up at the house and he's dead nervous about it and he doesn't quite know how to act so you get that awkwardness as well and it's, hand, it's handled very well that's good to hear I mean like, I guaranteed 100% will not watch it but uh, <laughs> you did a good job I'm very it. much interested yeah, you made I, it, you I, made I, it I enjoyed good it. film I, I enjoyed it mm. uh, yeah I enjoyed it that's that's more saying, you know, more about just me at the minute, not that film. Uh, it, it's right. it's a very good family movie. Cool. I think the next one I want to watch before it leaves the cinema is uh, Big Moon Rhapsody. Like I need need to get ready to watch that before it goes. Well, let me know. I'll come with you. I'll happily Have watch you? it again. Alright, thank you. I'll happily watch it again. Um, <clears throat> uh, I went and watched. Um, I guess it's the the big film of the week, uh, Robin Hood. Um. Yeah, it's uh, stars Taylor Negerton, Jamie Fox, uh, Ben Mendelsohn, um, Tim Minchin. Oh, is he any good? He's Friar Tuck. Is he any good? He's alright. Um. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, it's a Robin Hood film. It again starts off with the whole. Yeah, you know the story. We don't really know the story, and this is the story. And it tells the story of Robin of Loxley, who's a lord in Nottingham. Uh, he falls in love uh, and then is drafted to the Crusades, where um, he does it. You know, he does his duty, but he doesn't quite agree with them, and then does something a bit wide. And he does the right thing, but he's then kind of banished back to Nottingham, where his life has kind of uh, turned upside down. Uh, the sheriff of Nottingham has got a war tax on the go and has taxed his house and his estate. Um, they claimed that he was dead, and um, through his pal Jamie Fox, who he met during the Crusades, um, it basically becomes Batman Begins, <laughs> and not a very good one at that point. Um, there's a reason that the first couple of trailers for this film were all action scenes. That's the only entertaining thing about it. Um, like, are they at least actually done well? I think, um, yeah. Again, I think the guys watched uh, Batman Begins, and he's also watched a splash of Michael Bay in terms of his action scenes. They're not as well executed as Does Michael Bay. Explode. Uh, no, not quite. Um, but I thought the action scenes, uh, there's enough in it where that kept me entertained. Um, but in terms of uh, the dialogue, the characters, the plot development, um, yeah, it's not very good. The, ben Mendelsohn is the Sheriff of Nottingham. He's the best thing in it. Um, F. Murray Abram uh, does a wee cameo as uh, a cardinal. He's also good for the five, ten minutes he's in it. Um, I, I, for some reason, thought he was dead. I thought he was dead as well. <laughs> Unless maybe he died this year, I don't know. Yeah. So, like, one of the things I asked you mm-hmm. the other day there, mm-hmm. it's like after I watched the trailer for it, 
I thought that this was set in modern day because there's no. like trappings about it that make it look that way. I think that's yeah, a deliberate like, style choice. Mm-hmm. Also, a lot of it looks like a computer game. Yeah, but like it's, you're saying it is actually set in the past. Back in like the during, day. Obviously, because the Crusades are a thing. That, like a, Back in the day, yeah. But it just seems weird. It just seems like... What was that Heath Ledger film where like he was a knight's, a knight's, tale. A knight's tale? Yeah. But like all the soundtrack for it was like yeah. techno or something. No, it, wasn't techno. it was like Robbie Williams. <clears throat> yeah, Robbie Williams covered "We Are the Champions," uh, but at the same time, I don't think that's any different. Um, very different kind of film and style. But talking about the juxtaposition of music, um, I I, music. I, ne- I never really have a problem with that for historical films using Marie Antoinette did that using modern music as long as it's curated well enough that it that it fits what they're trying to say um no like again there's bits in it where I felt like they again just watch Batman Begins and I've tried to do music for that um it isn't Hans Zimmer that does it um but yeah um I thought Taylor Egerton as Robin of Loxley it's as if he's still kind of wearing his um, eggsy eggsy helmet. Not that, not the not that's the Ned all thing. I ever see him as. Yeah, yeah, not not the Ned thing. He he tries to be like almost like a charming James Bond figure, yeah. and then he more suave. It. I think is the word suave. Yeah, and then it's the whole again. Jamie Fox is Little John, or just he's just known as John in this, and he's basically um, he's basically Liam Neeson in uh, Batman Begins, where he trains him. And he tells him, like, you need to be like this and whatnot. And then he's like, well, you you have to be suave Robin of Loxley to get him the Sheriff of Nottingham. But, you know, your other life is your Robin Hood. Um, and again, I just all of it is just, it's just not very well done. Um, Will Scarlet has more heel and face turns than the fucking big show. So it's um, a lot of heel and face turns. Yeah, there's a lot of that in it. You're like, man, again, because Jamie Dornan, who's in Fifty Shades of Grey and <sighs> The Fall... He's in it, and I was just like, "Why the fuck's he Will Scarlet? He's got nothing to do." And then, as it kind of goes on, there's heel face, heel ah oh, face, no heel, and you're like, "All oh, right, so that's what we're going with this one." Okay. Last question. It's not related to this movie. Sure. But it is related to Liam Neeson. Right. Do you remember what his character name was in Batman Begins? Uh, Ducard or Razal Ghul. Yeah. 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 Okay, that was it. Um, okay, but, yeah. can I ask a question then? Sure. Uh, if I was to scud a big yogurt, would I have a laugh at this? Yes. Okay. Yes. I might, um, I might go again, watch it then. Talking about, like, uh, Craddock will know what I'm talking about if he's listening. This is not as... Sh- this is this is bollocks, but it's entertaining it's enough. It's not King Arthur It's bollocks. not King Arthur. Right. King Arthur okay. is a sham of a film. This, at least tries to be kind of fun it's just as i said it's not done very well as a, i don't robert loxley's supposed to be the hero and a lot of the time i can't he can't make up his mind what he is uh made madian again it just at times it made me think of arrow um, because, like, do you know Marian, the, the trailers? What, yeah, the trailers yeah. have it, that it, look it, to them. It, it, yeah, it does. I mean, yeah, okay. Even, the, even the, obvi- the obvious yeah. comparisons, even as even as suit, even as yeah. his, his outfit is very you know arrow esque. Though in saying that, though, to be fair, isn't Green Arrow based on Robin Hood? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, so, yeah. But again, there's bits where like Marion who is Loxley's bird, and then she's banished to the mines. Uh, with all the peasants are, she still looks a million bucks. She still like comes out in the best of gear and the best of makeup, and I'm like, 
I thought she was supposed to be a peasant now. I mean, but yet she looks like she just came off a fucking catwalk. That's a movie thing, though, right? No, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, she's supposed to be a peasant in amongst all the peasants, but everyone still kind of looks great. <laughs> and that's my problem with Arrow. Is I'm like, wait a minute. What? Yeah. <laughs> you, you all look yeah. amazing. You don't look like you're Man, you're shit. Bringing, bringing back some fucking bad memories, yeah. Arrow. Yeah. We're like, the two of us are sitting there watching all these beautiful people just shove poutine in their faces. Yeah. We're like, how the fuck are none of you guys all just fat as shit? Like, yeah. everyone always just eats in that diner all the time. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm a lawyer. I'm like, are you? When yeah. do you lawyer? All you do is walk about as if you're a model. And then all of a sudden you're also a martial arts expert. Yeah. That, fighting superhero yeah. with, like, pull canary that, powers. Yeah, pull like, that out go your arse. get yourself to fuck Arrow. Arrow's shit. It anyone who likes it, shit. <laughs> <laughs> who's a better uh, who's a better Robin Hood Eggsy or Kevin Costner oh dude like I love Prince of Thieves but I haven't watched it as, I haven't watched it as an adult I'll say Costner <laughs> is more consistent as Robin Oloxley even though his hair is that there is no accent oh yeah he's got like frosted highlights yeah. the frosted highlights so from the Crusades this is about English courage you're like <laughs> Fuck are you from, man? You're not from Nottingham. Who is a better? Who is a better? Who is a better? Will Scarlet, Jamie Dornan, or Christian Slater? Oh, Slater, man. But again, so many. Because again, you're like, wait a minute. So his mum must have been American. I mean, it's never really said, but both, both his, both the brothers are American, and everyone else is English apart from Morgan Freeman. It's just oh fuck. I do love Prince of Thieves. I do want to watch it. As an adult, but I, I, your wonder, brother, I, I wonder if it holds up because I remember really, really yeah. being into that movie. I reckon pa- Morgan Freeman and Alan Rickman will hold up. Uh, yeah, Rickman makes that yeah. film. Um, Rickman is a better not sheriff of Naughty than Mendelssohn, but Mendelssohn's a different sheriff, and I think Mendelssohn is, as I said, he's the most consistent thing in it. Is he a, bit more, is he a bit more cranic? cranic? Uh, he's a wee bit more cranic, uh, but again, there's there's really good bits where his whole thing is. We need, we need them. He's trying to rally everyone in Nottingham, saying, "Look, if we don't defeat these immigrants, they're going to pour in here and they're going to oh, take the." Oh, it's a woke. Yeah. It's a woke Robin Hood. Kinda, yeah. Oh, and then it's like, if we don't defeat these immigrants, they're going to come in here. And Nottingham is the, the is the English banks, the epicenter, and our religion and our church really depend on it. But what's really cool is that later on, like. Uh, Mendel, like Krennic as we'll call him the Sheriff of Nottingham and even the Cardinal the Cardinal goes well yeah hell's a bad place but that's why we made that up and then Mendelssohn's like I don't believe in God this is all a fucking con just to get money and I was like that's kind of cool <laughs> um, but yeah uh, it's it's got a big turn your brain fun, off funnily, funnily enough um, just going back to the Grinch slightly uh, one thing which kind of I don't know why you say irked me, but I find kind of annoying was that um, Whoville is clearly not of this earth, right? Right. They're mm. clearly not human, but yet they have carol singers singing songs about Jesus. I mean, Jesus' love is, you know, ubiquitous, Neil. It's eternal. But... Like, what, apparently he's why, non-gender why, specific, according to the Archbishop of Canterbury. What, why could why could why would they not have carols about their own deities? Why do they have? Because Jesus is their deity. He's the, he's the one true God. <sighs> is it still called Christmas, Neil? Still called Christmas. Yeah. There you go, man. 
I mean, yeah, <sighs> that in itself, that's like yeah. the thing I should have picked up on sooner yeah. is it's about Christmas. Pretty hard to have that yeah. without Christ. Christ. Christmas isn't about Jesus. He wasn't even born then. <laughs> Don't um, even go here. Uh, yeah. Right, yeah. Right, so, uh, so yeah, I watched Robin Hood. It's it's bollocks, but and shit, but. What's if, the deal with Mormons? Are they not like space Christians? No. No. Yeah. They're not space Christians. Even space Christians. Yeah, space. like they believe in Jesus and shit, but they believe that like that dude I forget his name is like some <sighs> kind of fucking prophet, and that like. Jesus is essentially an alien, and if they wear special underwear, they'll get teleported to a different planet. Underwear? Yeah. Well, sure there's like, there's like no in Mormonism, <laughs> there is magic underwear. Uh, hold on, I'm, I, I'm looking this I up. I don't think that's correct. It's 100% accurate. Type in, hold on, I read fact Mormon here. underwear. Mormon magic underwear. Right, okay. Um, while she's her oh, wait, wait a minute. Oh. Um, just. Before I put in Mormon magic underwear, uh, celestial sl- marriage is a doctrine of Mormonism. Yeah, it's all about different planets oh, and shit. Mor- like it's Mor- Christianity, but like Mormon magic underwear, temple yeah. temple garment is called. All oh, right, I mean, yeah, it, it, it looks like, yeah, it's like it a bodysuit. Yeah. It looks like pajamas. Aye. I thought right. you mean like fucking. Aye, but they actually think wise. it has. They actually think it has magical properties, though. It's not just called magic underwear for nothing. Hmm. They're no. fucking ridiculous. But anyway, um, that's us lost. Is it any more ridiculous? Is it any more ridiculous than a man being put on a cross dying for our sins? <laughs> Say that made me think of my favourite thing in the film Scrooge. When uh, they go into Big Bill Murray's office and he's got the dictionary definition of what cross means, and it's a thing you nail people to. <laughs> I fucking love that guy. He's such a nothing guy. <laughs> you, you're a big fan of background wall art. Fuck, I films, am. Yeah. Wall, wall art or ridiculous names. Uh, oh, shit, I can't even get enough of that fucking stuff, man. I, I, it's like I a like, film I like can be good, really... I like a good funny street sign in a film. Oh, something like that. Again, it's... it's... Wes Anderson does a lot of it, like Boy with Apple. Mm. <laughs> that, that's a funny. Uh... Oh, is that the painting from the Grand Budapest Hotel? Yeah, yeah. that's funny. Uh, but yeah, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so anyway, where were we? So that was Robin Hood. So, uh, yeah, you want to talk about. We've escaped New York. The new Coen Brothers movie is what I was going to go with, like the fucking Tales of. Oh, the Ballad Gret- of Buster Gret- Scruggs. Aye, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I ask that you keep. I will not to spoil. It. I will not spoil. It's it. called the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yes, right. Um, in a nutshell, it's excellent. So it's like my understanding is that it's like a kind of movie made up of vignettes. It's an <clears> anthol- <throat> It's a Western anthology movie made up of six stories. Yeah, they're not related. None of them are related at all. No. It's not like a case of like in the end they all kind of have a, no. a thing that ties them together. No. no, it's more just they're all set in the West and they're, there's different. There's uh, Liam Neeson's in it, Tom Waits is in it, uh, Tim Blake Nel- uh, Nelson, I think that's his name. He's Buster Scruggs. Um, <coughs> Zoe Kazan's in it. Um, who else? Uh, James Franco. Um, but yeah, so there's. What, what kind of Coen Brothers movies is this? Is this a No Country for Old Men serious effort? 
Or is this a comedy like this is a mix of both. Um, again, the way it opens, it opens <coughs> like Buster Scruggs is again. I'm not spoiling anything, Neil. I'm just talking about the intro. Like he walks in on he's on his horse, singing almost like in a Hank Williams kind of way, and. <clears throat> I mean, it's cool because the way the film starts, it starts with a, a shot of a book that says The Ballad of Buster Scruggs and it just page turns uh, whenever a new chapter comes or a new story. It's very Coen-esque. Yes. Uh, again, this film is very much a Coen Brothers film. It is one of the most beautiful looking films in recent memory. It's just this, The locations and the cinematography are absolutely breathtaking. Um. I think um, every story is kind of unique. Uh, it's it's has its own way. You, I I liked all the stories, but I mean, I definitely think there's a weakest one. And uh, I, as I spoke to a couple of folk on Facebook, uh, two of them kind of liked <coughs> a particular story that I really enjoyed. It's the one that stars Tom Waits. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a great, it's just, it's just a great movie, man. It's like a, it's two hours ten minutes long. And they're all very unique and very different, but I like you especially, Paco, the Tom Waits one. The the cinematography and the locations of that are just it's just yeah. something else to look at. So now. is this like a, a cloud atlas effort where it cuts between <laughs> the stories continuously or no, does it do one after No, the other? no, it's one after the other. It's like Buster Scruggs has his story and then that's done. James Franco has his story, that's done, and then it's just on to different stories with different people. How how many of the uh, the Coen Brothers regulars return being this is a Netflix show? Is uh, it Brad Pitt, George Clooney or the No, it? they're not in it, but again like um Tim Blake Nelson's in it, um Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges isn't in it. Um no Liam Neeson's work with him. Um there's a couple of folk that you see and you recognise, like you know, like background players. Yeah. But John Taturo, is he in it? No, he's no. busy he's busy filming um the spin off uh, Bumblebee Jesus Quintana. Oh. Uh, not what I was thinking of. No, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, absolutely. I, I think I, I, again, Neil. I think you'll enjoy it absolutely. Paco, you should definitely give a look. Um, the the Coen Brothers again. Uh, as soon as I see Coen Brothers written, directed, and Western, I'm I'm in. They've not failed <clears> in that <throat> genre, and yeah, there's a lot of dark humor in it, and there's a lot of really gut punching bits in it that. Um, yeah, I there's I don't really, I, I don't really want to say much more about it other than I thought it visually it was very impressive it was very well acted and if you like the Coen Brothers it ticks all the boxes it's quirky it's well acted and there's a bit of kind of dark humour to it and there's a bit of a gut punch. When when was the well. last thing they actually did like a proper comedy? Was it Hail Caesar Man? Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar the yeah the film only had a couple of good scenes of it. Yeah, I remember not being that impressed by Hail Caesar. But again, though, like if you've only seen it once, I know it's the Coen Brothers have that yeah. thing where sometimes yeah. you need to watch it several times. Yeah, I still have, I still haven't seen No Brother Right Now. That's why it doesn't rank high for me because I didn't really enjoy it uh, first time round. And I've seen that fucking torso simple scene so yeah. many times where I'm like, I could watch Hill Caesar again and give it another shot. What are the What are the things you remember about Hill Caesar? Um, I remember. I remember being everyone being good in it. Um, I thought uh, Clooney was good in it. I thought uh, Channers was excellent in it. Uh, Jonah Hill does what he does in it. Um, I don't even Ray remember Ray. Jonah Hill being in it. Yeah, he plays like an 
a, is that an accountant or he's a yeah I think he's an accountant for a film studio. Josh Brolin's good in it. Yeah, see um, that's that's exactly what I was more asking about because my only memory of Josh Brolin in that movie is him walking around just slapping people. Yeah, is that pretty much all he does yeah. in the whole film? Isn't a it? lot. Just, yeah, he just slaps everybody. Yeah, Ray Fiennes is again excellent in it. Um, yeah, uh, and I remember the fact that it ends up being a conspiracy about communists and that. But man, yeah. what was the last thing Channing Tatum was in? Channers, oh, something recent, surely. Um, was it Baywatch? Was it? Was he in Baywatch? Oh no, that was Zac Efron, wasn't it? That was Efron, aye. Channing um, uh, Tatum had like a big run of just really uh, good stuff. Well, he was voicing in, in um, Smallfoot. Right. Oh, well, he was in that. He, um, he was in um, Kingsman 2. Was Lo- he? Uh, Logan, yeah, uh, Lo- Logan Lucky was the last thing he was in. There you go. Oh, man. Kingsman 2, he was like the kind of cowboy yeah, one, wasn't he? It's such yeah. a nothing role, he's in it for like 10 minutes. It's like, why? They set him up to be this big hero and then he gets kind of taken out of the game. But I mean, that's kind of par for the course with Kingsman though, because that's exactly the way Jack Davenport in the first one. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, I, I can't recommend Buster Scruggs enough. If you're a Coen Brother fan, you'll get something from it. If you're a Western fan, I think you'll get something from it. They, they, they know what they're doing with that genre. So, what other, any other films, or is it just Suspiria that's left? Uh, we, me and Neil went and rewatched Escape from, well, Escape from New York was on the big screen. We went and watched that. That's a known quantity, man. Everybody knows about that film. What, what more can I, you say I, about I, Escape I, from New I York? walked out of that screening with more appreciation for that film than I probably had in a long time. When was the last time you watched it? Well, it was a while back. But mm. seeing the aesthetic of that film... Mm-hmm. On a big screen in such, such a good quality version of it, because mm-hmm. anytime I've seen that in the cinema, it's always been a pure scratch, scratchy print. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. to see that in clear, they were saying it was four K, but I don't think it was four K. Um, it just has got a, you can kind of appreciate how it uses. It it creates a lot using very little. A lot mm-hmm. of a lot of that film is how Carpenter uses shadow uh, as a way of hiding the limitations of his production mm-hmm. and it works really well. Um, mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed the way that he builds the character through it. Snake Plissken mm-hmm. is just, he's badass. From from the minute you meet him, he's just cool as fuck. Yep. Um, I agree, Neil. Um, I think it's a very it's a very simple concept. Yeah. Uh, Carpenter's music again is superb in it in terms of moving the story along and helping tell the story. Yeah. Um, I think everyone was good in it. Harry Dean Stanton, Kurt Russell, yeah. Adrian Barbeau, um, even um. Well, every, the, the, everybody's got a clearly defined role in that film. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know exactly what that character is going to be from within yeah. just meeting them like as soon as you see Lee Van Cleef you know oh he's going to be a big bastard mm-hmm. as soon as you see as soon as you see Isaac Hayes you go right, he's he's this big gangster guy when you see Ernest Bornman you go oh he's the kind of the crazy guy and yeah. it's it's Again. really for a film of such a, with a small budget uh, it's a masterstroke of that of genre cinema, cinema. 
Yeah, I mean that. I think it, I believe it was it was made for five million, but that looks like it had fucking several millions behind it. Yeah. Just given that the, the I mean, it helped the fact that a town got ravaged by a fucking hurricane, and that's how they were able. Is to... that who they filmed it? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I think I don't know. Was it New Orleans or maybe Detroit? I can't mind. But some some disaster happened, and it fucked the place up. So Carter's like, right, we're going to move down there, and we're going to film. Like all these kind of abandoned warehouses yeah. and all this fucked up cars and shit, and the aesthetic looks amazing. Given the fact, I mean, you believe that he's in Manhattan. I mean, it doesn't feel yeah. small. And also the way that their society, like the, because it's all just criminals on this island, they they formed the society, and the way that society plays out, you can totally believe that that is what would happen. That is how yeah. humanity would go if. Like say somebody dropped an EMP, that that is how humanity would end up going if uh, mm-hmm. if that was the structure completely knocked out. Yeah, but yeah, I I I'm the same as you, Neil. I mean, I I really enjoyed yeah. that film. I especially love the soundtrack. But watching on the screen was an absolute pleasure. It was a quality print. And yeah. um, there's a couple of things that are a bit different because there's a few different versions of Escape from New York. There's an intro scene involving a bank robbery scene that's in the DVD, but you, you didn't get that in this one. But this version didn't, it didn't like, I didn't hate because it didn't include certain scenes. It just, it was excellent all the way through. Uh, it's got that kind of, again, it's got, for, for a film of, like it was made in the early 80s and for what the kind of film is, it's got such a kind of, almost not melancholic ending but such a yeah, cynical it's, ending it's really cynical. again uh, yeah and I again I think that is it, something it, that's under it's under a weirdly it's a weirdly uh, weirdly movies. cynical ending which plays really well in 2018 absolutely yeah. I also remember the poster for it the Asian poster I think specifically for it looks really cool it's like the Statue of Liberty's arm oh, with handcuffs mm, on it fucking yeah. that poster yeah, it's so good that is really cool also, yeah, also, it's um, worth watching for the really shit tattoo that they draw on Kurt Russell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, because on the DVD cover, you're led to believe it's on his arm, but it's not. Nah, it's on his it's stomach. On his stomach. Like, it's yeah, rubbish. It's like drawn out um, the crayons. Yeah, but uh, it's good. It's I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Not so much the sequel. <laughs> Don't nah, the sequel is rubbish. Mm-hmm. Um, so, does that bring us on? Yeah. To Suspiria. Suspiria. No, that's not it. What was that? Yeah, I don't even know what yeah. you're trying to do. Uh, so Suspiria. <laughs> um, Were you trying to do it to the tune of Susudio? Cecilia. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Right, yeah. Susudio? Yeah. Su, su, su. I thought that's what you were going for. I know. She um, never maybe thought about that one more before you did it. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder you constantly lose at Singstar just saying, burn. Mm. Yeah. Um, I take it well. well. Nerds. Um, so, Suspiria, take it away, Neil. Uh, and that's the review of Suspiria. Welcome. Uh, yeah, that was wrapped in the picture. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, Suspiria, to my understanding, this is a remake of a movie from the 70s, which was about a girl who goes to a ballet place and finds out that it's actually a witch's coven, and yeah. then two hours of tedium. Right, okay. Um, This new reimagining is what we'll call it. Uh, In in its credits, it it does credit uh, Dario Argento and 
uh, Daria Nicolodi, who wrote the original, Argento directed the original, uh, as based on the, the original screenplay by. Mm-hmm. But from what I can I can garner from watching this oh, this chore of a movie. Uh, that all David. Uh, Are we talking about the original just now? No, no I'm no, the, 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 the new one. The new Shut one. up. Uh, <laughs> the, the David Kadganich. Kadganich. I'm sure you nailed it, man. Yeah, I'm sure you nailed it. Yeah, first time. Uh, all, all that I think feel that he's done is he's lifted character names, and that's pretty much it. Okay, the basic premise is that. This girl got, comes from America um, to go to this uh, dance school. Uh, they have moved, they've kind of set it in among, in the time frame of, I think it's 1977 Berlin. Um, so it's Eastern Bloc, Germany, Communist rule. Um, Is this movie in German? No, so, it, it's in German, it's in French, it's in English, it's in made-up spooky language. Um, so, Dakota Johnson plays the girl in this one. Tilda Swinton plays... Uh, yeah, she's actually got a dual role in this. I think she's like the big bad though, because well, no, she's not. No. But she, she is like she's like there's two witches which are kind of co-conspirators, fi- co-conspirators kind of fighting amongst each other for control. Tilda Swinton's one, Elton John's the other one. <laughs> the, I'll preface that with um, the main witch, uh, Mother Marcos. Uh, is is so old and kind of fucked up body wise. Uh, there's a painting of her and Tilda, Tilda Swinton's witch, mm. uh, and she looks like uh, she looks like Elton John. Mm. <laughs> With or without the checker outfit? What? Elton John famously wore that big chicken outfit. That one time. When? Yeah. So Mother Mother Marcos later on when you see her also still looks like Elton John, even though she's a lot of fucked up. <laughs> Melton John. Melton John. Man. So uh, Is that one better? So it's a cross between Elton John. It's like if Elton John and Jabba the Hutt had yeah. So, uh, is this movie just going to be all references and what this movie looks like? No, no. See, right. When you go, Neil. I really, 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 really like the original. And I went into this with a really open mind going, yeah, remake it. It's probably a film that could withstand the remake. And if there's new eyes looking over it, no problem. But what I want to say the guy's name is Luca. Tommy, help me out. Uh, it's okay, I've got it here. Uh, Luca Godagino directed oh, okay. uh, Call Me By Your Name. Uh, which I enjoy. Which, yes, by all intents and purposes, is a good film. It's a very nice, beautiful piece of, piece of filmmaking. What he has done here is that he is taken what is 
a kind of fairy tale, dark fairy tale story about what is grooming uh, a young girl to take to transfer uh, the life force of this older witch into her. He's taken a very simple story and expanded it to two and a half hours, in which he tries to make he tries to make statements about feminism, about the struggles of women during uh, communist communist rule, about uh, how um, how fascism kind of tries its best to exterminate. Uh, any kind of um, society, society where it doesn't adhere to their rules, of which the witches mm-hmm. are always—they always go on. Oh, we kept this place open after the war, kept it going, and but it tries to say also tries to say a lot of stuff about like female sexuality, uh, yeah. uh, guilt, um, and a, a few other things. But it tries it tries to make this great kind of artistic statement as if it's some lofty as dealing with lofty subjects, but because it tries to do so much, it fails mm-hmm. on all of them to have yeah, any, to have any impact. Yeah. Well, yeah. this I, I'm really conflicted. Well, I'm not really conflicted. I have conflictions about this film, and that I mm-hmm. think it's really nice to look at. Some 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 yeah. really visually striking scenes in it. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. also the most pretentious wankery that I have seen in a long, long time. Um, a lot of a lot of our listeners will know will have heard me talk about Spike Lee and how Spike Lee tries his best to show you that he understands filmmaking by using a lot of techniques that maybe don't really gel with what he's actually doing at the time, story-wise. Mm. This is mm. chock full of it. This is... Yeah. Ev- every other scene is like, here's a weird angle of this. Here's a crash zoom for absolutely no reason. Here's That's Dakota true. Johnson looking as bored as ever. But there, what's I mean, like that from, over there? Yeah. From what I remember of the original, though, and like I only had seen it once and it was a long time ago, didn't it have that kind of kind of exploitation feel to it no, as well though? Where it was like, do you know do you know what I mean? It's what you have to remember is that uh, when Suspiria was made, it's very it's it's, it's very like uh, the style of Italian filmmaking at that time. <laughs> yeah. Especially the kind of. What Argento is kind of going for is this kind of dreamlike quality to it, whereas this removes that. This is because they drive home this whole thing about it being seventies into the eighties Berlin under Russian rule, uh, where it kind of shows the passage of time by showing. Uh, by linking it to the Bader Meinhof movement right. that, of that, right. of that that's, time. That's, all the way through. that's, that's your timeline. timeline. Yeah. But that also to me felt like they're making a statement about revolutionary, revolutionaries and how these witches are revolutionary for what they do. Mm. And it was just 
it didn't work. Totally didn't work. Uh, yeah. It was two and a half hours that you felt every minute of because Absolutely. it was just so straight-faced. It stripped away that dreamlike quality the original had. It was cold. Uh, it gave you no chance to really get to grips with... Well, not get to grips, but to get to know any of the characters. Careful. Yeah, to get to give a damn about them. Um, yeah. And... Okay, the dance, the dance scenes. I suppose in terms of the narrative, were fine, but mm. a lot of that was just, to me. It seemed like they were more focused, not so much on the dance as a whole, but how can we get the Cole Johnson to just rhyme on the floor and making sex noises? Mm. Like. I only seen I've seen um, the original once, and I was I mean if I can remember correctly, it, it does kind of start off with like the slash is going into this valley, and it's it's kind of a mystery of what's going on in this place. Like this this way this starts off that there is no mystery. You like within the first scene, um, Chloe Grace Moretz tells this doctor that pretty much it's yeah. a witch's coven and that folk need to watch out. So I'm like right, so this isn't a a mystery here. So yeah. what, what have we got here? And then what you like what Neil's saying, you get Dakota Johnson who is a complete charisma vacuum and delivers every line as if she's a fucking deer in the headlights. So you don't really care. There's no personality behind the character. Um <clears throat> and then you've got Tilda Swinton and the uh, the rest of the coven that are kind of grooming these people. Meanwhile, you've got Tilda Swinton who also plays uh, this doctor who is basically trying to un to resolve the mystery of this witch's coven, but also warn them. But whilst that's going on, you're getting like a backstory to his life, right. and you're like, yeah. why? why, why, why does Tilda Swinton have a double role? Because she's oh. Tilda Swinton. Yeah, she's good in both Well, roles. see, I um, disagree with that, Toby. I, I liked her as Madame Blanc. I thought she was actually really good as that. But okay. as Joseph Klemper, I didn't really care. But I don't know how much of that was. I didn't care about your story. Uh, I didn't care about your story <laughs> either. I thought she, I thought she did well with like what she had to do. But the pro, a lot of the problem with this film is like when you were saying it's very unfocused. It's right. So this isn't a mystery on what the witches, uh, there's a witches cover or not. It's right. These witches are co-conspiring for something, and a lot of the time you're like, I don't really care about this because you're substituting focus for these wee fucking. Um, side plots or these we like I mean as I said you've got the doctor side plot that has really no relevance for anything in the film and every now and then it keeps cutting back to this again part of this witch's coven who sits there looking all dreary and bored and then all of a sudden she jacks herself in and you're like what was the purpose yeah. of her character we don't know that and then in amongst that you're getting flashbacks to Dakota Johnson's mum and brief patches of what her life is and that only kind of becomes relevant towards the end but by that time you this just checked out yeah the reveal yeah. at the end is like oh, this the, the, reveal is the, the, the reveal at the end I felt negated pretty much the whole film it did because it up to that point I'm like I don't believe that the character has gone on this journey to this point yeah. and Tilda Swinton's character 
has not gone on that journey that she's supposed as Madame Blanc. Is, like, is there an extended director's cut of this film that adds in the minutes that make the film I, make sense? I, I really, the film needs really 20 minutes not. cut for it to make yeah. sense. There's uh, there's at least two character arcs that need cut because you don't need them. You should have kept the film um, focused on this is Dakota Johnson's journey, this is the witch's, co- this is the witch's coven and how those two are going to kind of collide when they collide. Rather than just when stuff is starting to get interesting, we're going to cut away this doctor who's at his wee fucking um, shed thinking about his dead wife, and you're like, this has nothing to do with anything. And then they but, try to shuffle uh, in at the end, and it doesn't really matter. I, I suppose, though, Tommy, how do you make a pretentious art statement out of a horror film about witches? Oh, fuck can, well, can, no. can be done. How, no, how, do you make, how, how, do you use, how do you use the medium of the horror genre to tell powerful stories about powerful women who are revolutionary and... Without smacking you over the head. Yeah. Either. It's like, uh, you, you just can't. You have to make two yeah. and a half hour boring, dreary, dreary films about, well, they do a bit of witchcraft, but they're actually just really dancers. Yeah, Dakota Johnson again, I think, is poorly cast in this film. She's always poorly cast. She's awful. Fifty Shades of Grey. And she's in a film with, I think it's Rebel Wilson, where it's called First Date, not First Dates. It's about these two characters who are just what a date for date guys and get into the date game against some fucking shit. I don't know. But it looked like a relatively harmless co- uh, comedy, but it is mainly because if you take Rebel Wilson out and you put Dakota Johnson, she's kind of like the Orlando Bloom, uh, the the girl Orlando Bloom, where she's compl- she's barely any personality. She she's no she's the new Kristen Stewart. Yes, that's a better example. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I. This is what me and Neil said. This, I don't hate this film. Yeah, I just see that, won't watch it again because I, I don't need to. I don't hate it. I'm just disappointed in it. Yeah. Um, also, Kristen Stewart I, actually had one good role. She was good in *In the Wild*. She was good in *Panic Room*. That's <clears> it. <throat> *In the Wild* sucks. That's two good roles then. She's a, she's also good in *The Runaways*. So, uh, maybe your Orlando Bloom comment cool. was more apt. Well, St. Orlando Bloom's good in a bunch of stuff, but that doesn't mean to say he can lead a film, because Dakota Johnson can't lead a film. Other than the cinematography, was there anything else redeeming about this film? Uh, I think some of the visual imagery and editing. Yeah, but like, there's some really some. Is there like the like, the final third? Well, not so much the whole final third because it returns. It does a bit of a Return of the King yeah. at the end. Well, it just keeps going. Yeah. yeah. But the kind of crescendo of it, uh, that scene is visually very, very good. Yeah, um, very cool. Even though the nature of the storytelling of what is happening in that scene the reveal. is stupid. Yeah, um, that's, <laughs> and that's the problem. Is The director even came out and said that he loves the original Suspiria and has thought about remaking it for years. Which I thought was interesting because he's like, uh, if you love something that much, why would you want to be remake it? Why, why, why would you want to think about remaking it for years? And this guy clearly... Know, there's like plenty of things that I love that I wouldn't mind getting a shot at. Like what? Lord of the Rings, for one. But you don't love the film. Yeah, I fucking hate them. Exactly. <laughs> the point being is that he's a huge fan. He loves Suspiria. And he's like, I love the film so much that I want to remake it. I'm sure there's a few that have kind of aged to the point now where, like, you know, yeah, a like remake I, could be... 
Look, I, I don't. I I have no argument against this film being about Spira being remade. It's I just don't the enjoy the, the problem. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of, right. Okay, I'll understand. I can understand that. It's like I don't really want to remake it. I want to reimagine it. Yeah. I mean, why would you? F- and he's he's not the first one. There's so many folk that will make a sequel or a prequel or a reimagining where you kind you kind of watch you like. Guy, do you even watch the yeah. first one? Did you get it? Yeah, you missed it. Why, yeah. why, why did you? Why did you go down that route? Because, but why though? Again, though, that's totally subjective. Of course it is. But I'm just, if this is a guy that was so passionate about the original Suspiria, I just don't know why he shat that out. Because he, <clears throat> he he made he made the the artistic statement that he wanted to make. Also, who's to know what yeah. the film would have been like, you know, without any kind of meddling or something, or if there was meddling or whatever, I, just like restraints, budgetary restraints? or. I mean, it's kind of... I don't know. Um, given that the film is an 18-rated film and is two and a half hours long, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I, Amazon, I think, allowed them just to do what they wanted. Yeah, it's very much which is, which is Which is maybe the issue. Too. Maybe should add a bit more... Somebody on his shoulder going, look, mate, rain in a wee bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, I didn't hate it. I just don't need to watch it again. Uh, I'm interested to maybe watch it. I don't hate. Again. I don't hate it, but I would never recommend it to anybody. Nah. Okay. Not, not even folk that have seen the original Suspedia. Yeah. Like, see if you just want to go in and watch <laughs> a thriller about witches, even if you do like your pretentious wank, and I like my pretentious wank, this is still just like no. This, this, no this was this was this was super pretentious, wank though. This this was for Waitrose on Byers Road, pretentious wank. <laughs> you okay? Well, um, <laughs> so hey, anything else to say about this or no? That's that's it. No. no. Do you want to get flowery and dunking it one more time? You'll get creative. Give us a good insult. Pretentious wank for wankers. Fair enough. Okay. So, uh, what's out next week? Well, Creed's supposed to be out next week, but I have yet to see any showings of it uh, advertised in Cineworld. Uh, right now, it's just Wreck-It Ralph. Right. And I'm like, I, w- I wonder if Creed 2 has thought, oh, well, Wreck-It Ralph's out next week. We might give it a miss and have uh, moved. Uh, no, it's well, I, IMDb is still saying out Friday the 30th. Yeah. Because they both came out, they both out in America last week, and they both killed it at the box office. So I don't know why, unless oh god, is, is, it, is it possible that Cineworld just don't feel the need to pre-book for it? Wait a minute, didn't no? We watched the first one in Cineworld, so it wouldn't be that. Is wasn't there, there maybe a dispute? Yeah, wasn't there like what film was it that Cineworld just didn't didn't get? Like uh, in the past couple of years, because of some fucking argument they had. I don't know. I remember Odeon had like the dictator was pulled and was so was Willie, uh, not Willie Wonka, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, like, that, there was something that, else. It was a Disney thing, though, wasn't it? Mm. There was something else like a year or two ago where like Cineworld just didn't get the film because mm-hmm. of some argument. I can't for the life of me think what it is. No idea, man. Uh, but yeah, so Creed two and Wreck It Ralph two. Yeah. Let's break that. Wreck It Ralph. Ralph wrecks the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which you know should probably be about video games and the internet, but will probably be about food again because that's what the first one was. Um, right. Yeah. Um, I'm on uh, the Odeon's website for Glasgow Key, and they are showing Creed Two on Friday the thirtieth, but they only have one showing of it. 
and like eight. ten to nine at night. What? Yeah, according to this. Uh, that's uh, odd. saying uh, that, maybe Mamma Mia, Bohemian Rhapsody, and Wreck It Ralph will be taking up the majority of uh, those uh, screens. <laughs> I would imagine that will change. So maybe next week we'll have reviews of Ralph Wrecks the Internet and, and Creed, 2. Creed 2. I'm, I'm going to say we won't have one next week of Creed 2 because okay. of certain other things which we have discussed. Okay. But uh, regardless, you can join us on SoundCloud, iTunes. Uh, we need to figure out how to put this on Spotify, actually. Because uh, that's a thing that can happen now. Cool. Uh, I am at PacoRUK on Twitter. The podcast is at Raptors Podcast. Neil is at Scorch808. And Tommy is at Vast Destruction. Uh, again, like if you're you know, looking for more film and game stuff, like uh, we have friends all over Glasgow who do podcasts and blogs. Uh, our friend Jason does a blog at Mogulmania. Uh, on Facebook uh, we've got a gaming one called The Monster Closet which I'm a part of that's at Monster Closet PC on Twitter uh, Alan Kerr again like, like you know last week we done a show that was supposed to be a Raptors and Cinematic for the People one but is now just a Cinematic for the People with us guesting on it uh, that is called Cinematic for the People and you can get more kind of movie stuff from them as well you guys want to plug anything else we good? yeah that's it yeah alright I think that was the most professional outro that we have managed for this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agree. And that's us. Awesome.